Welcome to the EMS Handout, your source for all things EMS. And now, let's welcome to the show your hosts, Bradley Dean, Eric McCullough, and David Blevins. Hello, and welcome to the EMS Handoff Podcast, your source for all things EMS. It is time for another week. Uh, we took a week off this last week. I had a lot of things that are going on, so uh, it is just us this evening. And uh, to use the term coined by Eric McCullough two weeks ago, Bradley is jumping on and off like a kid playing hopscotch. So uh, we're going to heckle him. I think that's the term you yeah. used, Eric, right? You know, just, yep, that's uh, it. Heckling. You know, uh, heckling is not bullying. Uh, we mm-hmm. are being nice and doing it all politely. So uh, going to have a little bit of fun. But while we do have him here uh, for a short period of time, Bradley Dean, how are things going in North Carolina? Um, unfortunately, we're those are some great words all i heard was unfortunately (laughs) covid-19 but it's not going to stop me i will be in new york uh, this weekend uh, and then early or in boston texas so for those of y'all that did not understand him from the Max Headroom timeline, and y'all use that reference, but how many people now understand Max Headroom? He's going up to New York, uh, New York here uh, shortly to uh, speak at a conference. Uh, so uh, we're going to see him, and I think he's going to take the mobile EMS handoff uh, studio with him to try to catch a couple of interviews while he's up there. So uh, check that out coming out soon. Eric McCullough. You're not Max Headroom, and, and me and you can have some fun giving somebody a hard time. So how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, um, I'm doing good. We, uh, Well, I mean, just, you know, trying to get through this COVID, COVID stuff. But uh, other than that, it's it, w- this is the first time I've had a fall. This week was a fall week. I actually did a bonfire. It was awesome. I mean, because like last year, it was summer. And then like half a day of fall and then winter. And I don't think we've ever had a fall. So I'm actually kind of excited that maybe we'll get a fall for more than a week. Well, if we can do the white Christmas again, uh, just wait until we get to the right spot. But I, I am right there with you. Uh, beautiful week uh, this week. Um, had some good stuff and got to enjoy the weather. So before we get started today, though, we're going to go ahead and go into our podcast partners and uh, thank them for their service and support. Primarily, we'd like to mention the Journal of Emergency Medical Services. Jim's has been a great partner to the EMS hand, Handoff podcast uh, since we started. Make sure and go by their website at gems.com. You can catch all of our prior episodes, as well as check out our fellow podcast hosts that are out there. I liked your uh, point last week, Eric. We're going to have to check into those other podcasts and see, if they're, yeah. they're, yeah. see if they're repping us. Uh, but one yeah. way or another, we'll give them some support. There's uh, some great people there. Uh, make sure to go by and subscribe, rate, and review on their podcast platforms. They've got Google, Spotify, 
and Apple uh, podcast. Find the EMS today and you'll find all of our previous episodes. In addition, you see uh, Eric wearing the Keep Back podcast line yep. from the Pursuit Company. I've got our original on. I can't really get away here, but I got our original logo on uh, today. But make sure to go buy the Pursuit Company at www.thepursuco.com. Hit shop and then find affiliates and you'll find the EMS handoff. You'll find all of our original gear uh, in uh, short sleeve, long sleeve, and hoodies. And then you'll also find the EMS handoff keep back podcast line, which has been one of our most popular. They'll ship anywhere in the country. So as long as you're listening here, put it in, they'll ship it out to you. Uh, great, great apparel for all sorts. So today we are going to go over the topic of the lift assist and not really the lift assist in itself. Just uh, what all is involved? So as we take a look at this, Bradley, uh, you know, I think lift assist, it'd be very interesting to kind of take a look at uh, what percentage of our call, vo call volume lift assists actually account for. And I uh, just wonder if you've by chance done that research in your area. So I, I have looked at it, but I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I haven't been in the office a lot this week, but um it, it was, uh, I know that we run a lot of. And, and one of the big things is, is, you know, when you get there, um, you know, most of the time these people are not injured, you know, and, and, you know, those are the ones that we really wonder, you know, what happened? Why do they keep falling? Are they, you know, familiar faces, uh, that were, that were seen? So this, uh, I think the the topic here is is quite interesting because a lot of times we commonly think of it just as one of a a quick call that we can go on. We uh, get the alert, we go there, we get them picked up, we get their documentation signed, and we're out of there. But uh, I think there's a whole lot more when it comes to lifting uh, lift assists. So just to define what we're talking about here, it's really individuals that have fallen and are unable to get up. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, most of them don't have an injury, but there's a lot of things that we can get into on this. And the first thing I'm going to do is, is bring up, uh, you know, a, a situation that we had in our area. Well, before we even get there, you know, so we lift the individuals up, we put them back in place. Um, what kind of things do we need to be looking out for when, before we leave that scene? Well, I mean, I, I think one of the things we should do, you know, helping a fall patient back into bed, a chair, anything like that, uh, should really launch risk mitigation in the patient's home to prevent any, any uh, future falls. Because the question is, is, you know, did they fall because it was a uh, rug a cord for a lamp behind a piece of furniture that they got their foot caught on, you know, what caused the fall and what risk mitigation factors can we take? that's going to help the patient. It's going to reduce, you know, the potential for future injury and reduce the chances of us having to come back out here on repeat times uh, to pick this patient up, whether it's us or another crew. So, yeah, but Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, no, um, I, I like the idea of that risk mitigation. That's a that's a part of EMS. We don't really we don't really talk a lot about like uh, when we talk about the 
the six the six pillars of EMS, um, and we talk about safety, scene safety, and things like that. We kind of forget about the whole like, well, let's make sure that they're going to be safe after the fact. And um, I don't know about you, but when when I was working EMS, working twenty fours, thirty sixes, and forty eights, it can be a little tiring, especially if it's two o'clock in the morning. You've already ran out to this person four or five times uh, to just be like, oh, let's put them back in, rather than discover okay. Why is it they keep doing this? And are there resources that we have available? Or is there something we can do to help to help mitigate that risk, like Bradley was saying? Well, and this is this is where I'm going to bring in a specific situation that we had. So we had got called out one day to a house that we had never been to before. And there was an elderly couple. The the guy was 94, the lady was 93. Uh they immaculate house uh you could tell they had lived there for a while a lot of stuff uh and uh he was in the floor or sorry he was actually outside and uh had fallen on the steps and was unable to get up his wife was unable to help him so they called we went out picked him up uh made sure that he wasn't hurt everything looked good took him back into the house uh within that evening we ended up going over there three more times and by the time we got to our third shift that week uh all three shifts had ended up going over there about 11 times. And so finally, when we got to our last shift and went over there, the the question was, you know, we had never been over here before in our life or in my, in my career, I shouldn't say my life, but uh, in, in my career, we had never been to this house before. And all of a sudden in five days, we had come over here 11 times. Um, Now, Obviously, this is kind of one of those outliers that it, it becomes such a big deal. But come to find out that individual or that that couple, their son and, and his family had been the ones taking care of him. And his their son had an opportunity for a, a large promotion in his company, which took him to Colorado. And they had just moved a few days before that. And they and they wanted them to leave. They didn't want to be the reason why their son couldn't take the promotion. So they're like, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves and come to find out they couldn't, they couldn't stay up long enough to cook. Uh, and so multiple things ended up happening. And so finally, once we kind of peeled the onion back, we found, you know, a couple of resources. We found that, um, you know, they could, there were resources that were available that could help them out getting them to doctor's appointments, could get them meals, could get them to the uh, pharmacy, et cetera. And once we stopped and took the time, we didn't go back. Uh, and uh, but about a year later, after I had left that department, find, uh, found out that the, the couple ended up passing away. But they were a year later before all of that occurred. Uh, so we think we take some of these uh, lift assists uh, very lightly and just say, hey, we can pick them up, we can get them back, and we can get back in service and don't ever have to do anything else. But uh, really, if we slow down, we can actually cut down on that call volume. Yeah, so, I think that's, yeah, no, no, I think that's a good point. Like, um, um, especially with the elderly, because the elderly, they they know, at least from what my perspective was, they know what what's going to end up happening to them if they end up popping up on the radar too much. 
uh, they'll end up in places with people taking care of them that they don't want to be with people they don't want to be around. Like you said, they don't want to be a nuisance. Um, and also they don't want to admit that they can't do this thing, the very things that they need to do to carry on their own lives. So, um, Sometimes it's getting adult protective services involves not all the time, but sometimes it could just be as simple as contacting family members, moving rugs around. I remember one incident where um, I had a cardiac patient um, as his wife was coming outside, she tripped and fell on a uh, very thick, thick rug um, on the way outside. So I ended up with two patients. And so um, I remember talking to him in the ER saying, Hey, we need to go back out there at some point and evaluate y'all's carpet and stuff. It's just, it, it, y'all will just end up with more injuries and stuff. And you don't want that. And it takes a little bit more time, but it prevent more injuries and it will prevent more work later on. And so, and, and I, I think it's important that we realize that, you know, falls are the leading cause of injury and accidental death and premature placement in, in nursing homes, uh, with older adults. And I, I think that's a really valid point because then, uh, you know, Brad, I get into the question, if we just go and pick somebody up and don't uh, take a look at some of those risk factors that you're talking about and, and look for that role of risk mitigation, you know, is there any kind of, uh, and this would be a, a good point in time to have Wes or uh, Doug on here as well, is what kind of uh, liability uh, do we carry by not recognizing some of this stuff? Yeah, and I'm not sure what the liability is for for us if we don't recognize this stuff. But if we're doing our due diligence, we should be able to see that uh, when we go to these residences. Well, and this is uh, you know going back to just the basics, and you know everybody and talking about uh, EMS education. You're always used to the BSI scene safe, and uh, that, that's uh, the interesting part because we talk about scene safety. You know. Uh, so many times we think about, do we just walk in? Is it safe? Uh, but ultimately, you know, that's something that we take a look at from the beginning all the way to the end. And, uh, you know, my, my thing is, 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 are all those things within that environment that would create an unsafe, not just guns or, or weapons of, of any time or, or animals, but are there other things that could cause us to fall? And if it causes us to fall, is it part of their uh, issue as well? So, um, you know, this is where we take a look that we take five minutes, as, as Eric said just a minute ago, to, to move a carpet and we keep somebody from falling and, uh, you know, fracturing, dislocating or something of that nature. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, well, here's something else that I found in EMS, um, growing up in EMS, because I did, I mean, I was 18 years old when I got in. Growing up in EMS, I realized how many people are on the spectrum of being a hoarder is way more than you think. Like, and when I say that, I'm not meaning that like they're piling up newspapers and trash and things like that. But I do think that people accumulate mm -hmm. so much stuff in their houses that like it's not always the fit carpets that are told about in the textbooks and stuff. Sometimes it's five chairs in the living room or um, the or the little boxes, um, the the uh, boxes, trash cans, uh, things like that that are in the way. Like like we think like I don't think about it as an 18 year old or a 25 year old because I can parkour my way around stuff. Even if it's a 37 year old, I can parkour my way around stuff. It's not a big deal. But 
you know, you got to think about your 65 year olds, your 72 year olds, your 80 year olds who can't, you can't really get around that stuff. Not to mention people with injuries um, who it might be a fresh injury. I've noticed this from working in pediatrics, fresh injuries doth make big egos because they still think they can do stuff. Like they get used to those crutches and pretty, it goes from being like little bitty ones to all of a sudden they're swinging like crazy and they're injuring themselves even more. So you, we have to be really careful that stuff that we take for granted that somebody who's either injured, incapable, or medically uh, cannot because they're on different medications uh, may end up tripping over stuff. So just like little tripping hazards, things where it's like clear a path, something that simple. Firefighters, I found, are really good at that too. So I just want to uh, you know put you on notice there, Eric. You're talking about those crutches there. I, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done all kinds of stuff on crutches and usually ended up on my backside. And that's, that was, that was me as a high schooler. So just, to- yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's who I get my crutches to little kiddos and, and high schoolers who are just like, you know, I bet you I can jump up 10, 10 stairs with this thing. No, but you can, if you get just, if you get good enough on them, you can actually just walk on them. Uh, just pick your feet up. Uh, you can balance and do really great things. So not not things that we need to be doing, folks. Uh, if no, your teenager, exactly. If your teenager is listening to this, it's not. Yeah, let's not do um, that. <laughs> so I'm getting messages from my wife over here while we're doing this, talking about that, that's job security. And yes, we're oh, not yeah, always see, yeah, good <laughs> looking out. So, um, so you know, but you bring up a, a couple of good points because I've been in a couple of these houses as well, Eric that it was, you know, not just, you know, a small bit of hoarding, but like individuals that had magazines and newspapers stacked literally from floor to ceiling. And the only thing they had in their house was a walkway between uh, their living room into the kitchen, back of the living room, into the bedroom and bathroom and uh, everything else had stuff. And when you take a look at that, you know, if that house, you know, was to catch on fire, uh, there would be nothing that we could do to, uh, save those individuals because uh, there's so much fire load within that it would, the entire house would be involved before we would ever get there. And if we did get in there, we wouldn't be able to find our way through uh, because of the environment. So some of that, like in that situation, we were able to get the care for the patient and then get those individuals resources as well. And uh, you know, it's one of those things and I think I keep going back to it and, and rather you do as well. And it's, really that whole term of risk mitigation is the fact that yes, we're going to spend some more time out there on, on this specific call. Um, But by spending that extra few minutes now uh, keeps, you know, something more significant from occurring. Yeah. And and one of the things everybody always, you know, talks about, well, there's nothing that says that if we go out and do this, it's really going to help anything. Well, I'm pretty big on research and and what I'm going to talk about, you know, could actually be replicated with community paramedics and you could do some research in your own community. Uh, so the university of uh, the school of medicine in Washington um, in St. Louis. So uh, Washington university school of medicine in St. Louis actually tested the effectiveness of a fall prevention program. The, the study that they did was done with occupational therapists, but the whole part of this is, Patients all 65 years old and older and without dementia were put into two groups. So they were randomized. 
the experimental group received in-home visits from occupational therapists to assess, you know, fall risk and create personalized plans to reduce those risks. Interventions for the experimental group included installation of grab bars, tub chairs, you know, to make toileting, showering easier, safer. Uh, and a control group received, you know, standard care, like a review of medications, referral to community services. I think I sent y'all a link to this. Um, if we can put that in the show notes, but when you read through it and you look at the, the study participants in the experimental group, you know, they still failed during the study period, but at a lower rate than participants in the control group. And if you read through the study, it says the annual rate of falls per person was 1.5 falls per person in the intervention group and 2.3 falls per person in the control group. So if you wanted to take that and put a cost with it, the average per person cost of intervention was $765 and per person declines in healthcare utilization were estimated between $1,613. So the intervention pays for itself returning $2 or benefit for every $1 spent. Well, you, you make a great point in the fact that uh, this would be good with the movement for the mobile integrated healthcare, the community paramedicine, because, you know, as the fireside talking from the fireside, you know, one of the things that we're big on is the fact that we want to get out into as many communities with as many smoke detectors as possible. Cause we know that, the evidence has shown by having work smoke, working smoke detectors throughout your house uh, gives a greatest chance of survival for a fire victim. Um, and so, you know, how do we change that? You know, when we take a look at these, obviously uh, with cardiac or, ne or neurologic or, you know, something like a diabetic, you know, those are very difficult to, uh, you know, prevent. Um in the short term, but uh, something like this could. So is the answer for EMS, you know, taking a look at the healthcare side and saying, hey, you know, one of the things that we can do is identify this population. We want to keep them active in the community, you know, get them into community roles that will keep them active. But in the meantime, we can help them by making access to now on the fire side, you know, there's organizations or manufacturers of smoke detectors that will give discounts to uh, fire departments that want to provide those smoke detectors. Is this a partnership that we can say, hey, you know, to the building community or, or the manufacturing community of some of these things that you mentioned, the the uh, the bars and, and such, and say, hey, we're going to go into our community and provide this as a service, but uh, uh, we, we're not able to do that without something and say, hey, with this partnership, if you provide it to us, we'll we'll provide these and install these for the, the client and or the uh the citizen and we'll have a much better response. Our our population will ultimately uh go to the hospital less, be healthier, and it ends up helping the whole community. Yeah, and if we partner together to do that, I mean there's no reason that if they're going out to install one that you couldn't work with, and you know, if it happens to be the same agency scheduling one of the mobile integrated healthcare to go out with them. Uh, and if it's not the same agency, contacting the agency that has that to do it at the same time. The, the other part of that is, is partnering with your hospital, because if, if a patient goes to the hospital by ambulance or by a private vehicle after a fall, those are candidates for fall hazard mitigation because a lot of them are going to return home 
to the same environment where they fail. And if that hospital partners with that agency and says, hey, we're discharging Miss Smith, um, who fell, and we've had her in the hospital for a couple of days because she uh, was injured, you know, she's, there's probably even a more urgent need because as Eric mentioned a while ago, they're discharged with new mobility limitations. So at first they may have those crutches or a new walker. And then as they get more confident, now they're taking more risk. Um, and their risk in their home that made them fall the first time has not been mitigated. And this is, you know, as we take a look at the changes in, in uh, insurance uh, payments and, and trying to prevent those readmits, you know, that that's a perfect opportunity to get in there. And, and the big question is, is, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of have the conversation about mobile integrated healthcare moving into the realm of home health. Well, there's a lot of times where these individuals don't have those home health uh, require or meet those home health requirements. So they don't have that. Uh, and this would be, you know, would be, a, you know, I, I think an excellent aspect to, again, uh, it's, it's not something that's uh, terribly uh, difficult uh, as far as installation. You can provide the training on, on most of this stuff about how to, to secure these into the home. Um, I, I do know that there will probably be some uh, attorneys in the conversation first, because how about it, you know, if we install these and they don't work and they end up getting hurt, uh, you know, uh, so there's definitely going to have to go through the legal side to get the paperwork uh, complete, but, uh, you know, train those individuals, how to identify some of this stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I'm also thinking about it a little bit more and kind of creating a, that community coalition where not only do we have us, but we also work with, uh, social workers or others that can come in and do, a, you know, even further assessment to say, hey, you know, with these limitations, you're not able to get into anything on these top shelves of these cabinets or even uh, dip low enough to get to the bottom shelves. And so how can we manipulate some of this stuff? Um, you know, do you have a multi-story house and uh, you're not able to go from floor to floor? So I think that could actually come into, you know, really making this a community project and saying, hey, uh, what all resources do we have to make this happen? So in, in, in the message, and one of the things that we'll uh, put in the show notes as well, as you put in, a, uh, send us another link as well, uh, that, uh, come from the Center uh, National Council on Aging, uh, talking about Fall Prevention Awareness Week uh, for professionals. And so this is something that, uh, you know, not necessarily driven towards the uh, patient, but uh, about the community and how to create uh, resources that are available for some of these patients. So, you know, a lot of times we end up taking these patients back out from the hospital back to their homes. And in that we can, uh, you know, simply reach out and have some of the stuff available as there's a, a fall prevention uh, toolkit, uh, stuff that, that can be done to, to remain active um, into the, the community. So... Yeah. So as we uh, take a look at a very short episode this week, but I think a very valuable topic in the fact that, you know, the 
lifting assist patient is sounds like something that's very quick. You walk out, you pick them up, you put them in bed, you put them in their chair, do the paperwork, leave, and you're done. But uh, you know, my my parting uh, conversation for this is you know take a little bit longer, see what is uh, going on because your eye may identify something that is going to prevent these individuals from being re-injured at some point in the future. And it may be uh, taking about five minutes to educate them. It may be helping them get some resources out to them, but ultimately just taking that a couple extra minutes, one, you make their day a little bit better Two, uh, ultimately you, you have the potential to make their uh, life a lot better as uh, get making a lot uh, more stable for them to be there. So any final conversation from you today, Eric? Um, yeah, just, you know, this is an excellent time for you to impart some of the wisdom and experience that you get onto your patients. Um, and they'll thank you fully for it. So if you get a chance, if, if you're like walking through the house, you're just like, hey, I know they're probably going to slip and follow that or maybe uh, tell them, hey, that that railing system that you have outside that's moving around, it's a little too wobbly. You, you need to get somebody to come and take a look at it or something. It's little things like that that may make the the make make their day and make their life way easier. And and you know, just as a responder, you know, know what resources are out there are available. Uh, but if you're also one of the admin uh, personnel, have those conversations within your community and see what resources you do have uh, for those vulnerable populations. So. Uh, Bradley, any last thoughts from you today? Yeah, one of the things I would say is make fall prevention part of your geriatric patient assessment and treatment. Um, wrap it in there somehow. Excellent. All right, guys. Uh, so we always like to uh, end these episodes by letting you know we like to receive your feedback. So make sure and go by our website at emshandoff.com. You can find out all about us and how to reach us there, but uh, make sure to go by and find our Facebook uh, channel as well. One handoff posting regularly and interacting with each and every one of you. Got an expanding group on LinkedIn as well. Been some uh, great conversations uh, in that environment as well. So find us in any of those. And don't forget to go by Jim's and all of their platforms as well. You can find our audio podcast on the EMS Today by gems on google apple and spotify and our video version on youtube just find us under the ems handoff and lastly make sure to go by the pursuit company and get your ems handoff gear uh, they have our long sleeve short sleeve hoodies they have the keep back podcast line our most popular go to www.thepursuitco.com and uh, click on shop and find us under affiliates. For all of us, my co-host Eric McCullough and Bradley Dean, we'd like to tell you, take care, stay safe, and always remember the value of your EMS handoff. <laughs>